0: all those moments were for me to be in the position I'm in now so that people can use that and just springboard.
1: I'm James Zug, and this is Outside the Glass. It's September, a time when student-athletes return to campus and college squash resumes. Even though the pandemic has affected the college scene and official competition won't be resuming on its official, traditional schedule for a little while at least, Here at Outside the Glass, we're returning to a discussion about college squash. This summer, Francis G. Lane received a Master's of Science in Organizational Dynamics in the College of Liberal and Professional Studies at the University of Pennsylvania School of Arts and Sciences. His Master's thesis was titled, Cultural Diversity's Effect on Collegiate Squash Teams, A Look at the Influence of International Players on U.S. Collegiate Squash Teams. That is a serious mouthful. The paper looks at a key development in American squash, how the cross-cultural inclusion of diverse players has affected our college squash teams. And he delves into socioeconomic differences, leadership, and communication. And he says, you know, there are challenges and opportunities like there is with so much in life. Now, I've known Gilly Lane for decades, first as a junior, and then as a top pro player. Gilly reached 48 in the world, that's the third highest ever for an American male. He made the finals of the National Singles four times. Most famously, he was a clutch player for Team USA. Gilly's also been a coach for Team USA and a board member of U.S. Squash and the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee. I guess for me, one of the most enjoyable times is the U.S. Open where Gilly acts as the encore court And... So each fall, we spend 10 sartorially splendid days together at Drexel. Gilly started working at Penn in 2010 and then full-time in 2013 when he retired from the Pro Tour. First as an assistant with Jack Wyatt, and then in the spring of 2016, he became the men's head coach. In his four seasons so far, he's helped lead the Quakers back to the highest echelons of squash. Last season, Penn finished second in the nation perhaps most importantly, Gilly, a winner himself of the Skillman Award for individual sportsmanship when he played at Penn, led the Quakers to earning the 2020 Sloan Award for team sportsmanship. It was the first time a squash team at Penn had ever won a team sportsmanship since these awards were created in the 1980s. Last fall at the U.S. Open, we were having one of our long off-court discussions, and we decided to... Record some of it because it focused on a central aspect of athletic performance:
0: the fear of failure. Enjoy. So the fear of failure is like is something that I've continued to think about as 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 we, my coaching career has um, kind of progressed and we've we've. Been very. I've been very fortunate now to coach in some some high pressure situations, and and we we talk about the fear of failure all the time, and it's. Um, I think we live in a world where we're trying to be perfect, and I think we strive for perfection all the time, and I think that. And everyone wants to be the best, and everybody wants to be successful, and and that's great, and like and what we what as coaches we try to push our players to be the best that they can be and i think now with social media and every facet of social media you're under scrutiny you are watched by everyone where you're not allowed to make a mistake and the mistake is magnified and it's it's blown up to more and more people than, than you'd ever think in your entire right. life would have access to your life.
1: Do you have any kids not on social media on your team?
0: I don't think so. I think everyone's
1: on. Have you ever not had a kid Like have you, in well, the last five years? Well, it's, it's
0: interesting. I, I, I wouldn't know about the kids, but I, I know from myself that last year, during the year, I turned mine off for a month and a half in january in january and february and it was the greatest it was great it was incredible um and i'm gonna do it again this year because it really allows you to just live in the moment and and block out all the noise and block out any distraction or or what people are saying about you um squash world's a special world it's a really special world it is introduced me to so many great people and at 34 years old I have more relationships than I than most people have in a lifetime and I can go to any country and I have friends in all these places and it's it's an incredible world I'm yeah. um, sitting here talking to you I mean Gosh, I mean, our relationship has grown over the years and it wouldn't be the same if we weren't a part of this incredible sport. Right, right. And it's uh, it's pretty amazing. The one thing that we do have though is a very small sport. And we have a lot of successful people playing and, and um and it's it opens up a lot of doors, but which with that comes a lot of pressure and um, going back to the social media component. Every decision that you make is—it's it, tested, it's critiqued, it's.
1: Well, there's like a number next to it, right? Like you, you post something, and how many likes did you get, you get? Yeah, you get a like. You get you have a, you, you have a quantifiable way of thinking about that incident, or or or, right. or, or how you looked, or. Or what happened? Are most of the kids using Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram? I think is it's this a, sort of a whole bunch. It's of a business?
0: whole. It's a whole panoply. Pan, of, and uh, this is this is I think it is everyone in general. Like you know, we're here at the U.S. Open this week. Um, you know, players are definitely using social media content. Yeah, um, yeah. it's funny because it, it, you know when I and I'll tell you about my own experience is that you know when I was playing professionally. You know, you use social media to, to for actually to, 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 to glorify your life, to make it seem that everything's great. Right. But what you don't see on that is the thirteen-hour flight that you're on by yourself after you've lost the in the first round three tournaments in a row, and you you've just lost, money. and you've just lost forty-two hundred dollars, yeah. and right. you're sitting next to somebody on a plane from. Hong Kong to Doha to then Amsterdam then back and you don't know who the person is next to you so you can't ping any ideas off that but what what it's what it's done is it's created this world in which we throw things up there what we're hoping people want to read and hoping people want to hear and then I think people also will fear that something comes up that they don't want people to see and it's just something that you can't control yeah and so how can you control the controllables, right? And, 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 and how do you make decisions that take stress away from you? Um, I think one of the biggest things I continuously to think about and go back to this term fear of failure is I think the biggest thing is it's okay to fail. If you've put your heart and soul into something, it doesn't come out. And the great thing about squash is that there's usually another match. There's another tournament. There's another tournament. There's another, you know. Unless you it's your last match of your career, then there's no more. But for the most part, you get another go at it. Yeah. And, um, my belief is that if you if you try your hardest and you've put the time in, you've already won. You know, it, you and if you go out there of a fear of failure, with a fear of failure, you're not going to be able to compete to the level at which you know you can you perform right. and in, and you work so hard in practice and you and you train so long that the performance is shorter than the time that you've put in oh, right yeah. and so um, i think as a society we we are we're not cu- we're not aware i shouldn't say aware i think there's there's an expectation of perfection and there's an expectation that you always have to be your best right I will tell you right now that no professional squash players, they're probably at their best one out of every 10 matches. There's always something else going on where they have to manage and they need to figure it out. And that's the same in life. Is that each day is not going to be your best day, but you have to figure out how to push through those tough barriers. That's why squash is a great mechanism for teaching you about life is because you're never going to be perfect. That's why the game is great it is hard to beat somebody 33 love right. rarely does anyone ever win 33 love that's the only time you can be perfect
1: right.
0: and I would I would bet that there's not a lot of 33 loves out there you know it's just it's just very uncommon
1: I don't think it's ever happened yeah on the, on the, on the tour yeah. for sure yeah yeah did you as a player uh, either as a junior or a college player or professionally like battle with that fear of
0: failure of course. You, 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 I, battle, you, you battle, I battle it when I coach because you want the best for your kids. Yeah. So you, you always want best for, you know, so you, I'm not a parent yet, so I, I'm not in that thing. But as a player, specifically on the tour, as you're coming up the tour, you're, you're constantly worried about ranking points. Cause ranking points get you into bigger tournaments which then allow you to eat and allow you to more sleep ranking. and allow more money and making a career of it and and, more ranking, and more ranking points and so you're constantly gosh if I don't do well here then I can't go to this tournament and it's going to throw off all my plans for the rest of the year and and I look back on my career and I I, I wish I, there I had the best team in the world around me the best never would trade any of them in the world the only thing I would change was my own My own, my own attitude.
1: Yeah. Feels like a lot of players chase the points so much that 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 they go to tournaments so worried that if they lose before the round that that, you know that, that makes the tournament a good thing for them, right? They that they come out with more points, right? That they they're so worried about that that you know that the points are becoming this like the fear is not like losing; it's the fear is losing and not getting the points.
0: It's it's a it's it, you add the you can continue to compile stress. Yeah, you sit you can, you can stack it. So it's it's oh my god I didn't do well there, so now I need to go here and do well. Yes, instead of just focusing on the process, like right. in Philly, like I know every we, we we always say trust the process with the Sixers, but it, it actually is very true. You have to trust whatever team you have, whatever your team around you is. Mm-hmm. You've obviously put them in that place because you think that they are good. Okay. This is why I always believe that. You should let people do their job if there's if that's their whatever their title is let them do their work because i'm only an expert in one thing there's a lot of people that are experts in others so that's why you want to whatever your team is in any environment you want the best of the best of the best so that you can rely on that person to make those decisions for you so when you have your team around you you need to and trust you need to trust in them that they have your best uh interest at heart and there's going to be failures. There's going to be stressful times, but you have to trust th- that relationship. Hopefully, is good enough where it goes beyond that.
1: Right. Right. And
0: sometimes a number isn't like I feel like a successful year sometimes for people can you can go back in a ranking. Right. You've made strides in your game. You have made strides, as, and, and and more importantly, as a human as being. A person, yeah. I mean, let's we constantly focus on the number, and oh my gosh, the number. What well, have you gotten better as a person? Right. And 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 that value, there's no number value for that because that's a life value, right? And so there's years where I think some players probably stay in the same spot, but it was the best year of their career because, you know, they overcame hurdles that had stopped them before right. in their lives. And right. Um, right. and and they've gotten over humps that just, you know, they didn't think that they could or barriers that they couldn't break. Right. And th- that's all lost, I think, in today's society because... We pick up the phone and we want to instantly see the result. But sometimes the result isn't measured by a W or an L. Yeah. Sometimes the result's measured internally. Right. Like making sure that the person feels like they're valued and, like, and that they continuously improve organically. Right. And that's a huge component.
1: But the, the, it's so hard to be organic anymore. For sure. Like, it, you know, it always was to a certain extent. And there always is the driver of like... You know, world number, whatever, right? Like that, that, that sort of gets attached to your, your name and your bio, anybody who's been a pro. But, but, but now it feels like it, it's, it's magnified 20 fold, 50 fold because of, you know, a lot of reasons, but the digital world is certainly a major reason, right? Everybody's like.
0: Well, everyone you know, wants a ranking. The they want to know where they stand. They
1: don't want the process, they want to, like, just put it in and, and, and enjoy, enjoy the journey. Right. It takes a
0: very strong individual to block that out. Yeah. yeah, and know what he or she is doing. They value that they individually value. Right. That they know they've done a good job. Right. Um,
1: so as a pro, like, how did you, how did you handle those ups and downs? Where you like? Oh, happened?
0: I was. I mean, I had. Oh, gosh, I had. I had such good people around me that and this is why I always feel for any company you should have the best people around you should have the smartest people around you should have people that are smarter than you around you and um, right. that is like the value that I place on team like team is so important in, yeah. in this world yeah. because you need people that you can trust you need people that can tell you the harsh reality yeah. and can be real with you Um. I was terrible at it. I mean, my first year and a half because I was so hell-bent on being successful. I was so worried about what people thought. I was so worried about what the image looked like that it, it would turn me into my own worst enemy. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: No one else, I mean, it, no one else put that pressure on me except that's for right. myself. It's all internalized. It's all right. internalized. And that's a total fear of failure. Yeah. That's a total fear of... Letting people down that yeah. you didn't want to let down. Yeah. yeah. And there's and that's that's a that's something that I've definitely carried with me. It, anyone who knows me will know that I I kind of carry this chip on my shoulder a little bit, and and that's kind of what energizes me and and I think gives me my motivation, but. Um, especially when people say I can't do things or, or, or I didn't belong or, mm-hmm. and that's fine. They, they can, anyone can think that what they want right. to think, but right. there's definitely, as you get deeper and deeper into your career and, and you're pushing and you're training six hours a day, you, you, you want those results and right. there's, and we live in a time of instant gratification right. instead of waiting for those, for everything to take shape, like it, like it happens. Right. So I mean, there's great examples on the tour of people who put a lot of time and work and then it, they finally clicked. I mean, a Paul Colas, for instance, right. is one of them. I mean, guy is one of the best players in the world right now at what he's doing in the world. But he put a lot of time into his craft. I mean, I have so much respect for those guys. I mean, Mohamed El Shabaghi, you know, like, I mean, the guy has changed his game in so many different ways. I mean, to be one of the best players of all time. I mean, he could have gone on. I mean, and that's just the amount of work, but it happens at different times. Um, So
1: what was the chip on your shoulder?
0: Well, I think it's coming from when you come from the U.S. and you you try to play squash and, oh, you come from, you're not going to do it. You went to college and and there's no chance. Right. Right. And um, you didn't put the time in. And, oh, you're just another one of those guys that's going to do it for a year and then, you know, fade. And for me, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to prove. Prove everyone wrong. I'm
1: gonna go move overseas, and I
0: move. Okay. I moved overseas, and I'm trained. I'm gonna live there for three years, and and I'm gonna really do this. And yeah. like, thank God, I had parents that were like all for it. And like, yeah. my dad told me straight up. He said, if you don't do it now, you're never gonna do it. And we got what we're you know, that's all I needed to hear. And so, but then that was like once I heard that, it was one of those things where I knew I needed to do it. Yeah. So instead of like. Believing in the process it was like okay I gotta get it now right. and I only and it's funny I realized it when we played the world teams in Malus, and I was off the tour at the time it was 2013 I just retired and but I still made the team and I went out and I won six or seven matches and I played the best squash of my life and it was because the pressure of the ranking came off that's right And I just had to play, but I was playing for my country, which always brought out the best in me. I had Julian. I had Chris. I had Paul around me. And we had, uh, you know, we had um, Dylan Murray, who was a young guy on the team. But we had just like this great group, and these are all my buddies. But I wasn't in that grind of worrying about, oh, my gosh, I have to defend 187 points next week. And if I don't, I drop twenty spots in the ranking, right? And so, you know, I mean I played I beat I beat and it's crazy now saying it, but I, I that week I beat Yen Shore, Derek Ryan, Cesar Salazar, Greg Lobin. I, I, yeah, I went on I, I went on like a run that week. That was like Never had I ever played that well, but it was but it was total about that stress and that and there was yeah. no fear of failure because right. it was just you were out there playing. And
1: you had like already retired. And already retired. So I was done. Like this was just icing on the cake. It was
0: great, and and then yeah, and so that was. So how do
1: you like recreate that, or how do you like how do you get your kids you're working with to to to, to back off from the the self imposed pressure? Well,
0: I think it's I think in the era we know who we're playing against. All the time, you know, there's the, the draws are out way early. Like, I mean, we used to show up and we used to show up and, um, you know, you never knew who you were going to play. So you showed up, you just got the start time and you're six o'clock. Oh, the draw. Oh, whoa. You look on the wall. Yeah. You look on the the wall. Okay. Oh, great. And you're like, Oh, perfect. Um, I think it's as a coach and for coaches in general, they have to, they have to make it as much as they make an effort to coach a straight drop or a straight drive. They have to coach on keeping the blinders on, mm. and the distraction of like yeah. the what ifs. Right, what if is brutal. Right, it's, a te- it's the one of the worst. What if I lose? What if what if, what if I if, go up and then I lose? What if I get this person first round? What yeah. if I'm on this side of the draw? I think that's where, as coaches, we have to continue to preach about the growth and the mental mindset of um, just coaching about growth as an individual and growth as a player and that's easier said than done because you know everyone's I think still learning and for each individual player it's different yeah Um,
1: Yeah. that's right
0: we live in a results driven world and and, and that's for sure I understand that I think but at the same time if coaches can continue to work on the human element Mm. that's a huge start
1: are you gonna like ban social media someday (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish I could. Right. I, mean, I don't think. You,
0: I don't. I don't think you could. I, I don't think you could. I, I think you want
1: the blinders on. Like I think there's. I, those are blinders.
0: Okay, so LeBron James shuts down social media for the playoffs right. every year. He yeah. goes off. He goes like cold turkey. And I, right. and I, and he's all over social media. Yeah. We know. And but I think it's one of those things where
1: these are college kids, right? Like you can't contain I, that.
0: I I don't think you can contain that. I don't think any coach can really contain that. I think what what you can do is try to figure out what's the system and when do you shut it down mm. so um
1: like van rides like uh, what like what do you do on van rides
0: well, I mean I think you know I mean like over, right like, I think like
1: yeah you know, the I, night before a match
0: i think whatever. I think the biggest thing is is like trying to just open up communication in general, but verbal communication, not texting or anything and, and the more verbal communication that you can have, mm. the better. When the like, feelings are shown eye and contact. under eye contact, shaking hands. Um, yeah. You know, I think I think that's lost. It, you know, the one thing I I always say I, I love about Europe is the culture of dinner. And the culture of dinner there is: you sit down, and three hours later, you're still at dinner. Right. And it's a beautiful thing because no one's in a rush right. and everyone really understands they're, they're understanding each other they're understanding how their day was there's conversation and what right. that does is it builds trust Right. it builds um, community yeah. it also just builds a sense of respect I think as well and an understanding of difference. each difference and individual so yeah. you gotta know the people around you and you gotta feel comfortable with the people around you but but you should want to learn that. You should want to know why this person's that way. And right. I think the biggest thing as well is just what makes somebody great? You know, how can you learn from the person to your left or to your right? You know, what little, what value do they have that you that you don't? Right. And, and learn about it and right. understand it. Um, yeah. But that yeah there's a lot there I mean it's just it's just trying to un- uncover it and it, it takes a, it takes a little bit of time
1: yeah I mean that that, that sense of uh, of community like how you build community and and community in the end you know there's online communities but like the the, the tangible community like we, we are a group of people and and that that is that's why teams win and lose and, and 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 that's the huge difference between playing in the world teams and playing in the US Open. You know, your individual process versus, you know, like what happened down in the Pan Am games in, in, in Peru. Totally different, you know, uh, dynamics.
0: Yeah, it's just a total sense of belief. And an understanding that they were a group. Yeah. Yeah. And a total team. And it's that's one of the most beautiful things that you can have in sport. Right. Is the team? The team.
1: Yeah, and I mean, in like, you know, people, people love their
0: collegiate sports experience. I will. It's so intense. I will. I will say, to my to my experience, we were never close to winning any title. Mm -hmm. In four years, did we ever compete for an Ivy championship? We weren't finished third one year, fourth in the league, and, and we never finished higher than fifth. In four years nationally yeah. nationally I will never i would I would not trade one moment for a title, I would not trade anyone on that team on of those four years, like we just had this this connection yeah. that was just bigger than that, right, and all those guys are still my best friends, and I talk to them daily, and that 's what it was about like that, that just that connection yeah. like and that was I graduated in two thousand and seven, so that's twelve years right. And so that team, but we spent that time, and thank God it was in an era where there wasn't any of that social media, and we had plenty of time. We had a flip phone. I mean, you got out just just in the time, high right? High right. High exactly. High. And I wouldn't trade any. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade. Not. I would play with. I would suit up with all those same Is guys. Is it still again. as
1: intense? Because you know, one one thing we talk about, like the long band rides, right? And and especially where you know I went to school and. And we all talked the whole time, like that's that's nobody, the way it was. Nobody had nobody had. Uh, there, there were a couple of guys who would have a Walkman, yeah, and, and 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 they might tune out for a little while. But I mean, everybody we we're just sitting there in the dark talking, yeah, right. And 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 now is that's is everybody kind of in their own bubble? I think bubble?
0: everyone's kind of they. I think these days, um, time management is like a huge huge deal. So I think you know I think. Uh, I mean, they're doing three things at once. Three things at once, yeah, a lot. And it that's, yeah. it's kind of a, oh, I got to get this done, so it's hard I to get this done. it's harder
1: to build community in a way when, when, when you don't, like, it was easier then just because it was the default. Like, right, right, we right. have to build community because, like, we're in the van, it's dark, and we're just driving along.
0: I think, I think now... You have to be more deliberative. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's just a, a societal yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, I think that's not even, it's not a squash thing, it's just a societal thing. Right, like phones down at dinner. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. Like, that's like, you know, family rule, like... Put them away. Right. right. Um, is that what like? Yeah. You have dinner with with. Yeah, it your like, or phone. We put them away. Yeah. Have to. And and I think it's it's great. I mean that's that's but, again it's it's for me in terms of just the generality of, what we need to do kind of as a group is just continue to like, the human element is so important. Yeah. And, that will help in that in that term of. In it, in that fear of breaking that down, making it less stressful and and, and, and allowing each individual to kind of own their process. Yeah, yeah. You have to own your process.
1: So like letting each kid,
0: you know, do things a little bit
1: differently. Right. within, well, I think within that structure.
0: Right. It's and and, and and squash in in particular is so individual. So there's different ways to do everything. Right, you're out there alone in the end. It's something I've learned as a coach, you know, there's 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 a ton of different ways to get to the finish line. So there's not one correct way. Yeah, my way might be different than somebody else's way, but doesn't mean it's wrong oh, so or like right. F-
1: the, the, the failure thing, like, like you, when you had a a failure, say like right, you know, like say losing in the finals of the national singles, say four times. Right. <laughs> to Julian. Four
0: and two, three, three times to Julian and one to Chris. Chris.
1: <laughs> so, did you recover differently from, you know, you expected, you hoped, you wanted to win? Some of those were really tough matches. Some of them I watched. Uh, like, yeah. You know, like, the recovery from that, the recovery from, like, a really tough loss in college, in high school. Yeah. Like, you, 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 you have these. You, you know, you've imposed a lot of pressure on yourself to win that. Oh, for sure. To win that match. Like, how do you? What do you? What do you say to your kids? Like, hey, this is how I've. Like, what I did you learn from those? Losses, the greatest thing about it being a
0: coach is like, you now get to talk to your players about what you could have done better. Now that you see it from a different lens,
1: right?
0: And I'm see, I see it from a whole different perspective. I was, I'm not very proud of, of like, how some of my matches went because I was so desperate to win a Nationals. Like, Jules and I was match. like, I love Jules. Jules is a great guy. You know, he had my number. I mean, like, people were like, oh, your rivalry. I'm like, just the same way Andy Roddick said to, to Federer, it's not a rivalry when you get, when you lose all the time. And I only beat him once. And it was that year I, it was the year I retired. Right. And you beat him so in the semis. it's semis, and, it, and then I, and I was like, "Oh well, I got in the final, and Chris killed me." Um, but you, I, I learned, and now as a coach, you can. It, it's it's easier to look back with a different perspective
1: mm, in that moment. Like I would have, yeah, I would have. So you were like too desperate for the destination.
0: I was too desperate to. Put my name on the trophy instead of just letting it happen.
1: Right.
0: And had I really just kind of waited, it would have happened. I feel like. Yeah. In in perspective, I probably would have won one or two, yeah. and yeah. um, it's why when when Chris Hansen won a couple of times, I was so happy for him because it, 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 if I was playing, I was probably be jealous. I, it's actually not even a jealousy thing. I'm, I'm like. So when he won that first one and then he won the second one, I was so happy for him because I knew
1: what he had gone through. Because
0: he was the same with Todd because he was always up with Todd and he had that same, that same kind of
1: second, second, second fiddle, you know, like at the
0: time. And, and, and I just was so proud of him and happy because, you know, he had done that and it was so great and I knew how hard he worked and he's such a good person and, and um, right. You know, Todd had already gotten his, and and right. then and and in a way, when I lost to Chris Gordon, I was happy that Chris won, right?
1: Because that, was, that, was, his that was his
0: moment, and it. I wasn't happy at the time, but when I look back on it, you know. As a coach, had I just relaxed a little bit more, and try to and you know, if I was if I listened to what I'm preaching now, right. It would have been... I I think it could have been a lot different.
1: And you're dealing with 18 to 22-year-olds, basically, right? Right. Like, you know, they're so young. Oh, for sure. But, like, you know, now at 34, you're like, okay, like, now I see. And, like, here's how I should have reacted. And here's how I could have... You know, in the weeks leading up to something, I could have done it differently. Right.
0: It's almost... You almost want them to go through it once. So that when you say, like, oh, this is going to happen, and then it happens... And it's not an "I told you so" moment, as more of it's a learning moment. Whereas, like, okay, we talked about this could happen, so it happened. Mm. It's fine. We're all still here. Right. We can smile. We're food's on the table in the morning. Yeah. You're waking up. Everything's fine. But what's your response going to be? Right. How are you going to handle right. the situation it's now? Not,
1: it's not what happens to you; it's how you respond to now,
0: it. Right, and so basically where the teaching moment comes in is, this is how I handled it, and mm-hmm. I handled it poorly mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And this is why I handled it poorly, X,
1: Y, Z. And they probably think you're like talking about like 1820s or something. Right, they probably but think I was like, using wooden, ra- wooden <laughs>
0: rackets, you know, <laughs> playing know what I mean? ball. Yeah, playing hardball, <laughs> you know. Um, but that's like, those are the moments that you, you remember the wins. You definitely you try to forget the losses, even mm-hmm. though it's hard to to forget. But you try to remember the moments. The moments that you remember the most are the moments of serious connection. Yeah. The serious, the moment where you know what you've said or what somebody's told you is really sunk in, and they're using that information right. to better their life. Right. That's the best moment for any coach. So basically I've come to this realization now that like all those failures and I've landed into a place where I love and I'm very, and, and that, that's why I feel like I'm very fortunate. Now I may not have won a national title and that was something that, and you know, I cracked the top 50, but like all those moments were for me to be in the position I'm in now right. so that people can use that and just springboard. Because that's that's why I think you should coach. Is to it's not about some for some it's about the, you know about other things. But for me, it's about having kids learn from that failure that I've had or something that I didn't do right, and hopefully providing them that path. Outside the Glass would like to thank our producer, Grant Irving, and all our loyal listeners who have reviewed and rated the podcast, shared their enthusiasm for it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and more importantly, have spread the word by talking about Outside the Glass with their squash friends. And may all your nicks roll.